seriously popular. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Lucy Letby is accused of the murder of seven babies and the attempted murder of ten others while she was working on the neonatal unit at the Countess of Chester Hospital. Letby denies all of the charges over the incidents. Lucy Letby was the only person working on the night shift. It was alleged in court that their mother was apparently told by Miss Letby, trust me, I'm a nurse. This is a podcast about one of the most anticipated criminal trials for years. It involves the most shocking of allegations, the alleged murders and attempted murders of tiny, premature babies at the hands of a neonatal nurse whose very job it was to look after them. Lucy Letby is on trial at Manchester Crown Court, accused of killing seven infants and injuring ten more at the Countess of Chester Hospital in Cheshire. In total, there are 22 charges, all of which she denies. I'm Liz Hull, Northern Correspondent for the Mail, I will be in court to report on the case as it develops. And I'm Caroline Cheatham, a broadcast journalist. Every week on this podcast, we'll examine what's happened and bring you the details behind the headlines. This is the trial of Lucy Letby. The case against Lucy Letby is that she murdered or tried to kill 17 babies while she was working as a neonatal nurse at the Countess of Chester Hospital in the northwest of England. She denies the charges. The babies in this trial are not being named for legal reasons, and the identities of their families are also being protected. They're known only as babies A to Q. Seven of the babies died. Ten survived. Each one of these babies was or is someone's son or daughter. And the mums, dads and families of every baby are present in court, listening to every detail of how their child was allegedly killed or harmed. We'll be bringing you that detail as the jury is hearing it from the prosecution and defence. We're getting behind the headlines to explain far more than the news reports you'll be reading, watching and listening to. And the importance of a fair trial is paramount, so we won't be getting into anything in this podcast that the jury have not been told, because they are the 12 people who have to decide the outcome of this case. The jury is hearing about each baby in turn. They've been told seven babies were allegedly killed or harmed by Lucy Letby between June and September 2015. Today, we'll focus on the eighth baby in this case. Welcome to episode 12, Baby H, part one. 
So, Liz, the jury finally returned after their Christmas break, more than a week later than planned after a few health and family issues. Yes, again, Caroline, we lost several days because a juror fell ill and another suffered a bereavement. But finally the evidence began and the jury started hearing about what allegedly happened to the next baby, Baby H. Now, she's the premature baby girl who Lucy Letby is accused of trying to murder twice on consecutive night shifts in September 2015. Now, Baby H survived, but in this episode we'll explain what the prosecution say happened the first time Lucy Letby tried to kill her in the early hours of September the 26th, 2015. We'll hear that Baby H collapsed and was without a proper heartbeat for 22 minutes while doctors battled to save her life. And jurors were told the doctors were so worried that they could not explain why she collapsed that they urged her parents to have her baptised in case she didn't make it. We'll also bring you more information from the defence and why they say Lucy Letby is not guilty of these attempted murders. Baby H was a baby girl. She was born around six weeks early via caesarean section in September 2015. She's now seven years old. Jurors have been told that her mother had a pretty normal pregnancy, but at around 34 weeks, complications arose because she's a type 1 diabetic. She was struggling to keep the sugar in her blood stable, and when she rang the Countess of Chester Hospital for advice, they told her to come in, and she was admitted. And initially, the doctors were hopeful that the baby could be monitored and delivered a few weeks later. But after a couple of days, they changed their minds and decided it would be better for both mother and baby if she was delivered early. So Liz, baby H was delivered by C-section without any complications and was a good weight, around five pounds and two ounces. But soon after birth, she began grunting. Now that's a sign in a premature baby that they're struggling to breathe. So she was taken to the intensive care room on the neonatal unit, which we've heard previously was called Nursery One. That's right, Caroline. She was admitted to the unit 28 minutes after her birth at 6.40pm in the evening. She was put in an incubator and given some oxygen via a mask to help her breathe. Later, she was also given some intravenous nutrition and antibiotics. But the court heard she had a rocky start and over the next couple of days, she was pretty poorly, wasn't she, Liz? Yes, her breathing didn't get any better. In fact, she deteriorated to the point that she needed to go on a ventilator. And the court heard that doctors later diagnosed a tear or puncture in her left lung. And this is particularly dangerous for premature babies, Liz. A puncture can be a particular problem in tiny babies because air leaks out into the cavity between the lung and the chest wall, stopping the lung inflating properly and effectively causing it to collapse. If the air in that cavity is not drained, it can cause serious breathing difficulties and puts pressure on the heart and circulation, even causing the baby to collapse and die. And over the course of the following 40 hours, Baby H suffered several episodes where the levels of oxygen in her blood dropped dramatically and doctors were forced to put three small tubes or drains into her chest to try and draw the air out. This, the court heard, was very unusual. In fact, one senior consultant paediatrician gave evidence that it was the only time he had seen a patient need three drains in one lung throughout his entire career. In a statement read to the court, Baby H's mother recalled what happened after her daughter was born. Her words are voiced by an actor. 
I went to theatre and my daughter was born, without issue, at just under six weeks premature. Immediately afterwards, a doctor examined her and informed me that she was absolutely fine and may not need to go to the neonatal unit. Both my husband and I were allowed to hold her. However, she began to look pale and make grunting noises when breathing, so she was taken for a more thorough examination by the neonatal unit doctor who had arrived at the theatre. He explained how she was going to be taken to the neonatal unit so she could be put on oxygen because she was struggling to breathe. The following morning I was not permitted to go and see my daughter by myself. Because there was no one available to assist getting me there, I had to wait for my husband's arrival. As soon as he did arrive, we both went to the neonatal unit. On arrival, we were stopped by staff as we tried to go in to see my daughter and we were informed that overnight she had been placed on a ventilator. Both of us were annoyed that no one had let us know, but the staff explained their first priority had been to care for her, implying they had not had time to inform us. We accepted that to a certain extent, but reinforced what a shock it was to arrive at the neonatal unit and find her on a ventilator. Due to her being ventilated and more unstable, we were no longer able to pick her up. After several x-rays, they explained how she had suffered a lung puncture. We remained with our daughter for the whole day. She was in an incubator and ventilated, so we had no physical contact with her. So by the early hours of September the 26th, Baby H had had three drains inserted into her chest to help her breathing due to the puncture in her lung. At around 2am, Dr John Gibbs, the consultant who inserted the third drain, was satisfied she was stable and he went home. But an hour later at 3.22am, she collapsed again while under the care of Lucy Letby, who was her designated nurse. There were no other babies or nurses in Nursery One. This collapse, the prosecution say, was caused deliberately by Lucy Letby and was so catastrophic it caused a cardiac arrest. Baby H's mother recalled what happened. We stayed with our daughter until quite late, probably about 11pm, at which point staff told me I needed to go and get some sleep, so I returned to the maternity ward and my husband went home. At some point in the early hours of the morning, a nurse came into my room and told me I had to come to the neonatal unit right away. I was also told to call my husband and tell him to come to the hospital. They were actually running along corridors. I remember we took a shortcut around the back of the maternity unit. I tried to ask questions, but they just kept saying I needed to come now. There were lots of medical personnel around our daughter. Most of the ventilator equipment had been removed from her face, and the lid to her incubator was open. It was obvious to me that they were resuscitating her. They told me to go into the room and stay with her and hold her hand, which I did. My husband also arrived. The staff managed to get her back and continued working on her, including putting a new chest drain in her. They were not able to explain why she had suffered a cardiac collapse. Dr Alison Ventress, the registrar working that night, gave evidence to the jury and told them she was crash-called to the neonatal unit around 3.24am when baby H's heart rate and oxygen levels suddenly dropped. Two minutes later, at 326 Staff began CPR because her heart rate dropped below 60 beats per minute, the level class as a cardiac arrest in premature babies. Did this indicate it was a very real emergency? Prosecuting barrister Simon Driver asked Dr Ventress. Yes, 
she was having full resuscitation, Dr Ventress replied. And Dr Gibbs was also called and asked to come to the hospital urgently. Over the course of nine minutes, between 3.30am and 3.39am, Baby H was given three shots of adrenaline to help stimulate her heart. The resuscitation attempts worked, and seven minutes later, at 3.46, her heart rate had recovered enough for CPR to stop, and she rapidly began to improve. Now the jury also heard from Baby H's father, who had also been called to come to the hospital urgently. In his statement, he said he remembered Lucy Letby, who was his daughter's designated nurse that night, giving her CPR. His words are voiced by an actor. I had been at the hospital late and was awoken in the early hours to go back. I just remember looking down into the high dependency unit and seeing a lot of commotion going on. I can't remember who the designated nurse was that night, but I definitely remember Lucy Letby being there as she was doing chest massaging. We got into the area and it was explained to us that our daughter had collapsed. She was getting massaged by Lucy Letby and she was a strange colour, very mottled. As our daughter was coming back around, I remember the mottling was running out of her skin towards her fingers. That was when Dr Gibbs explained that she had pressured air in her lungs, which is why they put chest strains in. He said he couldn't guarantee it wouldn't happen again or that she would make it through the night. We stayed with her overnight and throughout the next day. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The court heard that after this collapse, Dr. Gibbs was worried because he could find no reason for it. When Baby H's oxygen levels had dropped previously... Problems associated with her punctured lung explained what happened, he said. But Dr Gibbs could find no obvious explanation for this more serious collapse. Dr Gibbs spoke to her parents and told them she was in a precarious situation. He suggested she be baptised in case the worst happened. So baby H was baptised and after that she stabilised and was making a good recovery. Lucy Letby went off shift and about an hour later, WhatsApp messages were exchanged with a colleague. 
and the court heard these messages reveal for the first time a level of bitchiness on the ward. They show that Lucy Letby was upset that some of the more senior nurses were questioning her ability to care for the sickest babies in intensive care and whether she was up to the job. They begin at 8.49am with nurse Yvonne Griffiths praising Lucy Letby for the way she handled the collapse of baby H. Hope you have a good night's sleep. I just wanted to commend you for all your hard work these last few nights. You composed yourself very well during a stressful situation. It's nice to see your confidence grow as you advance through your career. Kiss. Thank you. That's really nice to hear, as I gather you're aware of some of the not-so-positive comments that have been made recently regarding my role, which I have found quite upsetting. Our job is a pleasure to do, and just hope I do the best for the babies and their family. Thank you for your support. In court, Ben Myers, Lucy Letby's barrister, questioned another nurse, who we can't name for legal reasons, about this tension. Was there an issue with Lucy Letby being relatively junior compared to others and some debate about her going into Nursery One to look after more poorly babies, he asked. Sometimes yes, the nurse replied. Mr Myers added, sometimes was there a bit of an under-the-surface dispute about that? Is that correct? Yes, the nurse agreed. So it's the prosecution case, Liz, that at around 3.22am on September the 26th, Lucy Letby, while caring for baby H, somehow sabotaged her care and tried to kill her. What the jury haven't been told is how the prosecution says she did it. And her defence say the allegation is not true. So Mr Myers pointed out that baby H was very poorly in the run-up to the near-fatal collapse. He also said there were mistakes made in her treatment and that the neonatal unit was busy and staff were stretched. In fact, on the night in question, there were a total of 13 babies on the unit, with just two nurses and two less qualified nursery nurses caring for all of them. And I think a nurse told the court, Liz, that the staff ratio that night would have been at the limit of the recommended guidelines and left no slack in the system. Yeah, that's right, Caroline. Although Lucy Letby was looking after just baby H in Nursery One, the court was told other staff members had 12 babies between them. And Mr Myers also suggested that baby H had received poor care in the run-up to her collapse. Yes, he pointed out that there had been an eight-hour delay in baby H receiving a blood transfusion, which the nurse who was the shift leader that night also admitted could have been because the unit was busy. There was also a short delay in her receiving specialist lung medication, although Dr Gibbs told the jury that this was because she was being treated for a more serious, life-threatening matter at that time, so such a delay was understandable. Now, Mr Myers also suggested to another doctor, Dr Ravi Jariam, who we've previously heard makes regular appearances on television, that the second chest drain he inserted the day before was in the wrong place and that x-rays showed it had moved around while inside baby H. Mr Myers suggested the drain could have interfered with baby H's heart and a major nerve, which could have contributed to her collapse. But Dr Jariam disagreed entirely, and he said the drain only moved because the procedure had worked and helped extract the air, reinflating baby H's collapsed lung. Baby H had been generally very unwell, 
and had suffered multiple unexpected drops in her oxygen levels, Mr Myers told the jury. He also suggested to Dr Ventress that the number of medical procedures she'd undergone in just a few days would have put stress and strain on her little body. And Dr Ventress agreed it was conceivable that babies under that much medical intervention could suffer quite a significant collapse. But she also later insisted that although premature babies could desaturate or suffer a drop in their oxygen levels for no apparent reason, it was not all that common for them to suffer cardiac arrests, like had happened to baby H. I'm not saying they are impossible, but they're not all that common, Dr Ventress said. But Dr Gibbs disagreed. He said it was not tenable to say that stress placed on baby H had caused the collapse because she'd been stable shortly before the alleged attack. So that's a summary, Liz, of what the prosecution say happened to baby H on September the 26th. Next week, we'll hear that Lucy Letby allegedly tried to kill her again the following night. We'll also hear from the prosecution's expert witnesses and more from the defence who say Lucy Letby is not guilty of all the charges. I'll be in court to listen to the evidence and you can read my daily reports in the mail and on Mail Plus. You can also follow us on Twitter at Lucy Letby Trial or send us an email at thetrialoflucyletby at gmail.com. And we'll both be back next week. See you then. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Our hit series, Everything I Know About Me, is back for a brand new season. And this time, our guest needs no introduction. Oh, gosh, you find me, Darren! But here's one anyway. Hi, I'm Gemma Collins, and this is everything I know about me. If you think you know all about Gemma Collins, think again. Because this is the GC as you've never heard her before. It's been exhausting. Unashamed. And I was really heartbroken because I was pregnant and he was having an affair. Unfiltered. I have had an operation as well years ago. I have a designer vagina. Yeah, baby. I don't have camel toe. Unbelievable. And then they advised me, you need to have a termination. And, uh, yeah... I remember that being really stressful. Everything I know about me with Gemma Collins is out this Thursday wherever you get your podcasts.